Welcome to our community. This is Saratova Beth. We are in a few days before Shabbos Chazayin, and we have a question of what is Shabbos Chazayin. Um, and really, our question is about motivation. What is it? Okay, we're returning to our question. Motivation. Motivation. This Shabbos is a huge piece of motivation. In fact, when you think about it, you know, what would motivate me for something that deep within myself I want, but I'm not in touch with it? The question would be also, why should I be motivated? Why should I be motivated? Imagine the following scenario. I have something that's deep within my soul, which because it's deep within my soul, on one level, it speaks louder to me than anything else. Although I'm not aware of it, and I have other things that I seem to want more, I would like a new dining room set. I would like uh, air conditioning in my car. I, I would like this and this and this. I would like all kinds of things. And I feel like those are the loudest things. And in general, what will I notice in my life? What I'm missing? So, you know, yes, I would like my air conditioning to work if it's 105 degrees. And that's what speaks loudest to me, or I think so. But in truth, what I don't know, unbeknownst to me, what speaks loudest to me is what my soul is longing for. Now, it's interesting, because I think, you know, oh, so what do you care about right now? Imagine Shabbos Chazayim comes along. And I guess I can say, God forbid, you know, it's 105 and my air conditioner broke. So what I think speaks loudest to me is wanting my air conditioning to work or just wanting to go somewhere where there's air conditioning. I feel that that's what speaks loudest to me. Unbeknownst to me, what speaks loudest to me is what my soul wants, which I have no understanding of or knowledge of. So here we're finding out from Shabbos Chazayim that we don't know who we are. We simply don't know who we are. We don't know what we really want because, again, the things that make the most noise, we're, we're aware of. The things that make the most noise in our soul, the things that make the most noise are like beep, 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 beep. But the things that make the most noise in our soul probably sounds like, you know, some kind of celestial who knows what. In a sense, it's a very loud noise, but it's a deeply spiritual noise. And it makes, it makes a huge amount of noise in the person's being, but we're just not aware of it. It's on a frequency that we're not aware of. Okay. Now, if that's the case, that my soul speaks louder to me than anything else, I kind of want to know what my soul is longing for because it's going to drive me berserk. And I won't understand why I don't like, I have 50 pairs of shoes, why don't I like any of them? Or I have a perfectly good car, why do I need another car? Or or whatever, my kitchen is yellow, why did I decide it has to be peach? Or any of those things. I won't really understand why I'm always looking for change and change and change and change and change. And what's really happening is my soul is making a massive amount of noise on a frequency that I don't recognize. And therefore, um, it, will, it will give me no peace. It will give me absolutely no peace. Okay. So this concept, 
which it's kind of, it's even, I'm not going to say worse, it's even stronger than the subconscious. Psychology tells us that 95% of what goes on with us is subconscious, and five, or let's say five to 10% is the conscious mind. And 90 to 95% is the unconscious mind, subconscious mind. We have no idea what we want, what we like, what we feel, what we think. It's, most of it is subconscious. That's, that, nobody likes to hear that one. On top of that, that's nothing compared to the fact that beside your subconscious, your soul is what is running the show, driving the bus. In psychology, they say your subconscious is driving the bus. In Hasidus, we say, your soul is driving the bus of your life. It's running your life. And you don't know. And you think that you know yourself. We think we know ourselves. We think we know what we want and like. And we do not. And we wonder why we feel so disjointed. Because we don't know who we are. So, when we learn Hasidus, we start to understand what our soul is, 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 is wanting, asking for, longing for, satisfied with, dissatisfied with, and it opens up an entirely different world. We say, oh my goodness, that explains a lot. So the template for this is Shabbos Chazayim. Shabbos Chazayim comes along, and in Shabbos Chazayim, we see there's a famous verse of the Bardichever, the Lady of that says, Shabbos Chazayim is from Lashem Mechazah. Every single Yid is shown a picture, a vision of the Beis HaMikdash from far. Your soul sees the Holy Temple from far. And so, um, the third Beis HaMikdash. Once, once that occurs, it gives us no peace. It gives us absolutely no peace. But this is the template for that particular thing. So now that we know that and we have the template of Shabbat Chazayim, of this concept, and we understand, and the Bardichever is telling us, what are we seeing on Shabbat Chazayim, the third base of Nigesh? We can, let's, let's be honest. So what is happening on Shabbat Chazayim? Our soul is going on fire. Essentially. Our soul is going on fire. Once it does, it gives us no peace. We want that third base on English. That begins driving the bus of our life. So definitely people will say, you know, Shabbos Chazan came. I know we're supposed to see the third base on English. I didn't see anything. Well, obviously. Number one, if you're not learning deep Hasidus, how will you have any visibility? It's a different frequency. <laughs> it's a different language, right? If you only speak English and someone else is speaking Spanish, they can be saying all kinds of things and you have no idea. They can be sitting, you know, you can have two people sitting beside you on the train and they can be planning a revolution and you just think they're talking about what they're going to have for lunch. You have no idea. They're speaking on a totally different frequency. So, um, if, so if that's the case, we want to take it really seriously. We want to look into it and say, realize my soul is speaking to me. 
I want to hear what it's saying because it will give me no peace. So again, the Bredditura says you're being shown it. And the reason that you're being shown it is, we, we spoke about at the beginning, for motivation. In order to bring out a longing for the third base of English. Because in motivation, and we learned this in Chariyuchud of the Mithra you can have, you'll have a connection to, you'll have a connection to this thing that you're longing for. It's called, a, I guess, a hush, the connection to a desire. When you're desiring it, you need to, in order to be motivated to do something that's not simple, even something that is simple, you need to begin with motivation. In other generations, we were able to accomplish great things by being told you shouldn't. doesn't work anymore. In this generation, it's all about you want. We don't get anywhere with you should. We get a little far, and then everybody just shuts down. Not a generation where we can get somewhere with you should. So in this generation, it's about you want. You need to want. You, so we we are shown this face of Nigrash, and our soul wants intensely. What do you do after you want? It's called advertising. I pass by the bakery. They have a big picture of the seven-layer cake, or they have a big picture, Hanukkah time, of these fresh jelly donuts, like giant picture and... They look larger than life and better than they really taste. Amazing advertising, and it makes you want it. That's what advertising is all about. They spend billions of dollars trying to inspire you to want to buy their product. And they do a good job of it. And once you want it, then what are you going to do after that? So again, so once they've done good advertising to get me to want that jelly donut, then I want it. Now I'm connected, right? Of course, I'm connected to the desire to have it at the moment that I desire it, okay? First, there has to be that advertising of, wow, look at this, amazing. That's number one. Number two, I look at it, I want it. Number three, I become deeply connected to wanting it to the desire when I'm in the midst of that desire. I become deeply connected to it. And then after that, I say, hmm, what should I do? I need to come up with a plan how to get it. I know that I want it. I want that jelly donut. It looks really good. What do I need to do to get it? Oh, I didn't come with any money. Oh, I don't have a credit card with me. Oh, what will I do? I really want that jelly donut. What should I do? Um, go back to Shul and see if any of my friends are there and they can lend me a dollar twenty-five, or give it up. And this is not a give it up generation. But then go back, right? Go back into Shul and say, hi, anybody, could you just lend me a dollar twenty-five? I'll bring it to you, bring it to your house later on. I must have a jelly donut. In other words, a plan. What do I need to do, need to, do to get what, to get that? I want it. It looks good. 
So I have now, I have to come up with a plan of how to get it. And then I'm going to implement the plan. I'm going to go in the show, look for a friend, say, can you just lend me a dollar twenty-five, and I'll bring it to your house later. And now I have a plan. And then I go about getting it. So all of this is motivational science, so to speak. Okay. So what does that have to do with Shabbos Kazain? Shabbos Kazain, that whole motivational system is put into place. Where Hashem says, dangles in front of us as a vision of the third base of music, and our souls go crazy. They, our souls go on fire, unbeknownst to us. Many people have what they feel is a very regular Shabbat, not on the level of the neshama, on the level of the soul. It's just, ah, it's just, it's breathing in the, the air of what, of, of, of its ultimate. What does your neshama want more than anything else in the world? To be in the third base in English. Right? You're, you're putting the top, you know, the best, 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 the top of the line. What are you, what are you offering a vision of on Shabbos Hussein? The, the, the thing that if, if you could have a whole list of what your neshama wants, top of the list is third base in English. And that's what you get to um, see, taste, smell on Shabbos Hussein. Uh, Unbelievable. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can yeah. you What's hear that? me? So just to return to our issue. So the soul is on fire and the soul and, and what we know is we see it, we long for it, we want it. And now we have to create, come up with a plan what to do and then put it into effect. That's how you get, we'll have the jelly donut. You know, I see it. It looks so good. Oh, my goodness. My diet says my, I am not supposed to eat it, but I want to. And, oh, my goodness, and I don't have money. I'll go and I'll ask my friends. I'll do what I have to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Classic motivation. So the template is, well, classic motivation, Shabbos Kazan. Our soul goes on fire. The Bar says, you are seeing it, the third base of Nizish. And it then will, it then motivates us to want to have it. All of this at this point in this generation being relatively unconscious, to us, unbeknownst to us, in most cases, completely unbeknownst and unconscious to us. The only connection we have to it is we read this in the Sikha. Most people feel guilty or uncomfortable or it doesn't seem to affect me. It's on a frequency that we are all not aware. It's, it's simply something we read. The interesting thing is, this is not, this is probably not to be a motivational thought, but rather it's simply a window into your soul. It's a window into telling you what's really going on in your life and why your brand-new car only satisfied you for three weeks and your brand-new house only satisfied you for six months, et cetera, et cetera. This is a window to your soul. The Bardichever is saying, I'm looking into your soul, all of your souls, and I'm telling you what's going on. I'm not telling you what you should feel. I'm telling you what you do feel, and I'm explaining to you why you feel like you're going to the dark. That's what the Bredichever is saying. And so it's true that we don't see it in a revealed way, the revealed of the Beit HaMidish, but the Gemara says about Daniel that Daniel saw that there was a vision, and he saw that the people in that land, I think it was in Babylon, also they didn't see it openly, but their mazels saw it openly which is where we're up to in history now. You see all kinds of things happening in the world, and people are not aware why they're demonstrating, screaming, objecting, this, that, liking, not liking, 
all the all the weird stuff that's going on in the world, their mazel is experiencing something. Maybe we can even say that their mazel is experiencing that nothing will do the trick other than Mashiach and Geula. Now, again, we as Chassidim, we have these words. They don't even have these words. So they just know that nothing's doing the trick in life anymore. Nothing's really... Um, it, things can, at best, be another distraction. Everybody knows that if I now put together enough money to buy a beautiful home in the Hamptons, it could keep me amused for a couple of years. But we all know that after a couple of years, the amusement will wear off, and it's not going to do the trick, which doesn't mean it's not a good thing to have. You know, it's good. Fine to live in the Hamptons. But in terms of deep satisfaction, I think that the whole world has come to the point where we, we all realize nothing will do the trick. Nothing will satisfy us. What we as Yidden know is that, no, it's not that nothing will satisfy us. The world says nothing will satisfy us. And so they'll come up with all kinds of um, stuff, complaints about life, and, and they feel like if this political figure is out and this one wins, then we'll be satisfied. Oh, yeah, right. And if this bill is passed in Congress, then we'll be satisfied. And, you know, a bunch of Narish type like that. We know that nothing will satisfy anybody other than Mashiach and Geula, meaning through the third, with the third base of music fully manifest in the world. It's a physical world, and we're deeply invested in the physicality of the world. Okay, and rightly so, because Atmos is invested in the physical world. The very essence of God is embedded in the physical world, and so we're drawn to it. But we're drawn to it because what we're really what on a soul level, we're looking for is Geula within the physical world as expressed through the third base amygdish manifesting itself in the world. The entire world becomes a place of third base amygdish and it becomes a dwelling place for God. And that is what that is the only thing that will satisfy any, anybody. So we know that. It's our job to tell them that in a smart way. You have to be very, uh, you have to say it well. And if you're not a good speaker, thank God, there's much written on websites and brochures, etc. videos, audios, articles, all kinds of stuff that says it well. There are people who do have the talent of writing and expressing things well. We send those things to people. And we give people a view of not just Torah truth, we give people the relief of finally having a vision into what their soul, why their soul is making them crazy, essentially. So everybody in the world, as Daniel said about not just the Jewish people, everybody, their mazel above felt it. And so they, they felt a certain, uh, there was a certain awe, and you could see that everybody was kind of shaking. Everybody felt that something was going on. Everybody today in this world knows that something is going on. Eleven weeks in New York in quarantine, then the world, then the streets erupted into a whole other energy. Something is going on. What is it in truth that we know that they only feel in their mazel? We want Mashiach now. So the question that we're going to end off with here is this vision, this motivational vision, 
that will get us to do what we need to do to bring the third base and the dish down, which is mitzvahs, learning Torah, etc. We want to know why we're shown it, why we have this template in Shabbos Chazayin, the Shabbos just before Tisha B'Av. You, the Shabbos just before the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Why are you shown it before the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash? Which will be a few days later. Why aren't you shown it after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash? And we are in a way. On the 15th of Av also, we, uh, uh, and in the seven weeks of Nechama after the, after Tishabov, we also, we experience, you know, we experience the truth. But why do we see it before and mostly before and not after? You would think, I mean, what's the question? The question is, the three weeks are quite a, on the surface, a very dark time. Within the three weeks, the nine days are even a darker time. Very weak days, spiritually weak days, when it's all about destruction. So that seems like the strangest, strangest time to be shown this space in English. Um, and not only that, one more point, the interesting thing is Shabbat Chazayin is called Shabbat Chazayin because it's cousin Yeshaya, and Yeshaya is the prophet Yeshaya, and Yeshaya is speaking about what we did wrong to have the base of English destroyed. All this butter, it's all, you did this and you did that. This is not yummy, visionary stuff. This is, you guys did this wrong and that wrong and this wrong and that wrong. Seems like really heavy energy. Three weeks, all about destruction of the base of Within that, the nine days are even stronger. And within that, Yeshaya is speaking to us through the Hashtayra on the Shabbat telling us everything we did wrong. Hey, folks, to tell you the truth, three weeks, nine days, Shabbat Chazayim, him telling us what we did, what I did wrong. If you're asking me, is this a time when I feel deeply inspired? Uh, I wouldn't say that this is really the best in motivational techniques from God. It would seem. And so it's really Jesus a very, with a very funny question. He's, you, he's creating the template for our ultimate motivation of the only thing that will satisfy my soul and the soul of anybody in the world to get us to then move move in the direction of doing what we need to get it. But he's putting it into such a dark, intense time in history of, and a time of the year. Why did he hide it in such a place? Why are you hiding your template, your motivational template, in the back office? You know, I mean, Rahabdil, uh, if you don't own a store, you know, go, look at the psychology of stores. Where did the, what do they put right beside the cash register? All the yummy stuff, you know, all the little pastries that are, you know, $1.75 and all the little candies and all the stuff that people just immediately, they'll see them, they must have them. They don't put paper plate or they don't put, uh, you know, shampoo or something like that <laughs> at the, they put all the yummy stuff that every kid is going to say, I want one, I want one, I want one, or everybody who's feeling a little low in his energy is going to see that brownie bar that's 350 right as he's paying at the cash register. And he's just going to say, oh, put this in my order also. It's a clear motivational technique. Put it right in front of your eyes when you're feeling very low. Well, there we go. It's really mm-hmm. true. 
by the time you finish shopping, you're kind of so depleted, you're so exhausted, just get me home. You're wandering around this store with the music talking in my ears, and and people in every aisle, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, and now you have to put on your mask when you pass each person, et cetera. And by the time you finally get to the cash register, you're just like, get me out of here. You know, here I am at ShopRite, just like, oh, my goodness, I'm so exhausted. And and your energy level has kind of gone down, and it's kind of like a heavy time. And now I have to pull out my credit card or my cash and pay the bill. And I just want to go already and get home with all this stuff and rest. So what do I see at that moment at the cash register? Whoa. Uh, kosher chocolate brownie bar, only $3.50. It's designed for me to say, oh, yeah. Something in me feels like, oh, that'll get my energy up. And a delicious, freezing, cold, yummy energy drink right beside it. And so it's there so that I will say, oh, Put one of these and one of these in my bag, too, please, and just add it to the order. Boom. Because something in me says, ah, this is a pick-me-up. I need it right now. In a very low time, I need it right now. So it's interesting that Hashem creates this combination of very low energy. Three weeks, nine days, Yeshaya on Shabbat Kozan just told us off, told us everything we did wrong. And then I'm feeling like I give up. I give up. And at the same time, boom, the base of Mignesha appears in front of my soul and it just comes to life. It just starts to breathe. It says, oh my goodness, I forgot why I was here in the world. Yes, I want that. It's, you know, I'm going to say that from Hashem's point of view, boy, there isn't a better marketing expert than God himself. It is such brilliant marketing technique of the combination of low energy and dangling your the most delicious thing right in front of your eyes at the time when you're at the lowest energy. I'm telling you this. A bakery has to be, you know, I used to experience this. We would, we would um, drive in from Long Island, and you saw all these beautiful trees, and it was feeling pretty good. And then in the old days, you would drive onto Eastern Parkway, and it was all these burnt-out buildings, which now it's not anymore. It was all these <laughs> burnt-out buildings, and you just start to feel yuck. <laughs> and you feel your energy going from, let's say, a number eight, from zero to ten, from an eight of just, ah, buoyant, down to a three of just low. And I remember as we were driving onto Eastern Parkway, every time I would feel like, Let's stop at the bakery and buy a cheese danish. I didn't even know why, but something in my energy level would feel depleted as soon as we left behind the trees and started seeing the bombed out buildings, and I would feel like, what will do it? What will fix it? Cheese danish. Cheese danish. (laughs) I don't eat cheese danishes anymore. Cheese danish. It was just an instinct. Let's stop at the bakery and buy a cheese danish. So it's it's a motivational technique that all the marketers know. When the person is at their lowest moment, low energy, dangle them. That's when you can sell them a an iced coffee for $11. You would never <laughs> get away. Okay, let's say $8. You would never get away with selling an iced coffee for $8 when a person just had is full and satisfied and feeling good. Never. 
mm-hmm. but when they're totally right. depleted and hot and and, and all that <laughs> and thirsty and clotting and low energy, you come along, you know, somebody stands on the street and they're selling iced coffee, delicious, incredible iced coffee, $8 each, everybody will open their window and just, you know, like so they have those cold bottles of water, everybody will open their window Give them a ten dollar bill. Just keep the change, and they they want the iced coffee. You can sell that product at the moment when people are the lowest. So it's interesting. Whatever Hashem's reason is that He puts together this combination. We'll see tomorrow in the rest of the Sikha. He puts together this combination of my soul gets to see what it really wants. The only thing that it'll ever be satisfied with the third day of the whether I'm Jewish or I will not Jewish. And at the same time, it comes at a very heavy time in the year. And somehow this combination is the winning combination to push it through. So we're just going to end off with, um, and also last question. This is only something the Red Lady of Kofedjitva revealed a couple of hundred years ago. It wasn't revealed 3,000 years ago. Just as we come to the darkest moments spiritually in history, just like the end, the end, the end of all of history when we're almost there. So just bottom of the barrel in everything. And then, boom, the vision appears. And it's like smelling salts on Yom Kippur. Just my soul comes to life. So we're going to end with this and we'll, we'll see more of the answer tomorrow. But he Rasen will end with this bracha that before tomorrow, our soul should come to light, not because we're reading about it only, but because it's here fully manifest in the world that it should come down fully. And the next minute, in this very minute, we should find ourselves in the third base of the Mishnah Mashiach immediately now.